When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, here I am. I'm checking in on everybody. This is a immediate <laughs> therapy session because we thought we were out. We really did. There, there was no way possible that the 49ers could be hit by all these injuries again. And here we are. Um, a couple days into OTAs, and not one, not two, three players out. Oh, yeah. It's so frustrating. I was so excited for today. And if you follow me on Twitter or, you know, Discord or anywhere else, like I, I said, like, man, I really think that today is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever done. Um, we're going to be covering Diamador Lenore and just all that he brings to the table. And I, I'm a big fan of this kid, and, you know, it spent way too much time doing film work and putting this episode together. But, like, there's sometimes whenever you just spend so much time, like, you get this sense of pride that comes over. And, like, I love doing all the shows that we do. But, man, I just was, like, you know, I felt this way about the Jalen Hurd episode, like, two years ago, where it was, like, man, I, I just... I have a vision for how I want this episode to go to get all this information out there and, you know, we go back and forth and you got the clips to support your idea and all the analytics and work. And it just gets kind of overshadowed, you know, uh, this morning everybody gets the notification. Oh, guess what? Two starters down, uh, not starters, two players lost for the year. Justin School tears his ACL and Tarvarius Moore tears his Achilles. Um, neither one of those are ones that you come back from in the season. You just don't do that. So these guys are out. And, and I want to go over the implications for those injuries. Ob ob obviously, we've already lost Jeff Wilson, even though I think he'll be able to come back um, you know, late October, November, for kind of that late last two, uh, eight games of the season. So I think he's going to miss the first half. But it's just like, man. And you can look back and you can say, well, at least they're not starters. Tarverius Moore was a starter. Um, now you could say, well, Chukwaski Tart him. 
you know, him back and forth, what would that look like? That's fine. But he, he's played starter-level snaps, you know, for a year and a half now. And that's a big... And here's where the Tarvarius Moore thing, I think, affects everything so much. It affects Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward's coming off of his best year ever as a pro. Best year. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. He was incredible. Jimmy Ward is more effective whenever he's closer to the box. Now, I know we've been doing a little bit more split safeties, but I went back and looked this up. Jimmy Ward averaged eight more snaps in the box with Tarvarius Moore starting opposite uh, him than he did with Joukowsky Tart per game. And so with Moore, even though I don't think he's as good a player as Tart is, he is much more that free safety mold. And so Joukowsky Tart is not. And so this is going to push Jimmy Ward out. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be playing a little bit more single high whenever we do that. I understand we do more quarters coverage. But we still do uh, the traditional kind of single high safety cover three uh, mold um, uh, more often than not. And so that's what's that's what bothers me the most about this injury is Tarverius Moore. Is one, he, he was the only ball hawking safety that we had. And two, now you're going to be forced to play Jimmy Ward in a position that I don't think he's as good at. Is he still good? Yes. But his playmaking ability completely devoid whenever he is that single high safety. You you did you haven't seen him make a play like one of those electric plays at the free safety position at all. Is he always where he needs to be? Yes. And I still I, I love Jimmy Ward. I think he's a hell of a player. But his best position, nobody I don't think anybody would disagree, including Jimmy Ward himself, in the box. Let the kid play. And so that hurts. Just in school, all right? Yeah. Luckily, and I think a couple weeks ago, maybe it was on another episode. I've been on too many podcasts lately. I don't think too many, but I've been on a lot. And the question is, like, what is one of those camp battles that you're most excited about? And I keep saying the backup swing tackle job. Like that, not the number one or two, but the number three tackle, offensive tackle. And Justin School's been the guy. I want Colton McKivitz to win it. Sean Coleman's definitely been there, even though we've never seen a snap from him. Now it's now it's uh it, it's it's crunch time because no matter what happens, the 49ers will have a new swing tackle. Justin School ain't playing this year. He's out. So who's that gonna be? And on top of that, you know, we just finished our last rookie episode profile uh episode over Jalen Moore. Well, guess what? Jalen Moore has been working some at offensive tackle as well. You remember 2200 consecutive snaps at the left tackle position for Western Michigan. So now they want to convert him to guard. But a lot of times whenever you get these positions, especially developmental, you want him to fail at the most prominent or valued position, right? So like corners, you want him to fail at outside corner, okay? Then you want him to fail at nickel, okay? Now you put him to safety. You do the same thing with offensive linemen. You want him to fail at tackle, and then if he does that, then you can put him in at guard. And so... Yeah, I think you still have a three kind of horse race there, but again, Jalen Moore, his footwork was just so bad. It was so bad. Um, he, I, I think he's got to stay at guard, but hey, let's see. You're not planning on getting any dividends this year from Jalen Moore anyway, so let him see. And if he fails and you kick him inside, again, he, he wouldn't even be the backup guard at this point anyway. But I, I think Colton McKivitz, that's who the guy I want to win this job with who we have now. Um... But we'll see there. And, and, you know, staying with these injuries, again, I, I want to <laughs> – I, I look up at the title, Therapy. It's a therapy session. You know, in our Discord channel, which if you haven't joined us yet, you need to be over there. I think we got like 130, 140 people already in there. 
We have a therapy channel <laughs> for when things go wrong like this. Because, man, sometimes you just need to, like, ah, what's the Simpsons quote? Angry man screams at the clouds. Like, sometimes you just got to let it out. Now, you, I, I think you guys know me. I'm not the biggest negative guy out there. That, that's not who I am. But, man, you look at these damn numbers. And, you know, here, here's how bad the injuries were. The 49ers were supposed to hold press conferences today for media availability. They canceled them. This literally just sucks the wind out of, out of like, the room. How do you get up there and, you know, you get these rookie players and whatever else and talk? You got to talk about these injuries. And so they canceled media availability. Now listen to, and I got this from Akash, one of the best Twitter followers out there for Niners fans. And, you know, I'm not sure where he got these metrics. I know there's a lot out there. But basically, games lost per year, okay, due to injuries. And this is the NFL rank. It's out of 32 teams. 2014, we were 25th in most games lost. 2015, we were 26th. 2016, we were 24th. Those three years before John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan even stepped foot in for the 49ers. They're not even there. 2017, the very first year of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, we were 23rd. <laughs> Small improvement. Then 29th in 2018. 2019, 27th. And then last year, 2020, uh, we all know dead last. 32nd, one of the most injury-riddled years in the history of the NFL. And here we are again. Not one, not two, already lost three starters. And I see a lot of people, you know, saying like, man, we've got to fire our medical staff, okay? So let, let me say this. They already did that. <laughs> they did that two years ago. Like, this is a new medical staff. And again, you, you go back to before Kyle and John got here, that was a different training staff. So we've been through three separate strength and conditioning training medical staffs that ain't the problem i'm telling you that right now and some of these there's nothing really you can do you look at jeff wilson jr i think that kind of epitomizes it the dude was sitting on the ground and got up and tore his meniscus and if you know anybody that's torn their meniscus they just happen weird it's weird 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 um that one there's nothing you could have done like that's just a freak accident. Like, what are you going to do? Tell people, hey, no more sitting on the ground. No more getting, uh, like, you can't do that. Sometimes injuries just happen. Now, you look at the Achilles, uh, that, that's the biggest injury, Tarverius Moore. Um, because usually, and especially if it's a skill position, it's even more kind of kind of bad, I guess. Uh, kind of. Um, Raymond asked this, who do you think replaces these recent injuries? I think the safety one. We've already got um, Tony Jefferson, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Now, for the offensive tackle, I doubt they bring anybody in. We, we have like 12 linemen already that are like bubble guys or could make this roster. That's way too many. You got to narrow it down to eight. And so very similar to what we saw with the running back room. Well, you had six guys. Only four are going to make it. Well, now you got five guys. We didn't bring in another running back. Like, we're, we're good, right? Same thing with offensive tackle or at least that swing tackle spot you're only keeping three well now we have five right or i guess four we have four guys we're only keeping three you might bring in another body but whenever you have somebody like jalen moore that's a swing guy that could play tackle or guard i, I think you're just going to leave it i think it's going to be sean coleman versus colton mckivitz and jalen moore might get some reps in there but i think he's going to have a pretty short leash um 
And again, Tommy, uh, you know, he says Hufanga won't be able to play safety. I think Hufanga can play safety. Again, you fail at the most premium position, okay? So Hufanga's a tweener, and we're, we're going to do a whole episode on him. I'm still working on my notes and all that stuff. A very fun player. But you fail him at safety, and then you move him to that linebacker three spot. And again, remember, you got Marcel Harris back there as well, who's kind of, again, who Hufanga is as well. They're very similar players. And I know that, you know, Marcel Harris has a whole camp of fans. And, you know, his explosive plays and all that stuff. You're right. A lot of people like Marcel Harris, and they're not wrong. You go back, like, he has some explosive plays. Does he have some boneheaded plays? Yes, he does. But um, most of those happen when we put him at free safety. Um, so <laughs> who knows? Maybe we just go straight to a too-high system. Um, we'll, we'll see here. I'm working with... I don't want to tease the name too much uh, soon yet, but a big-time person in the coaching ranks that's going to come on here and teach us some more terminology. I keep getting questions, and I love these questions, about how, you know, uh, I want to learn more about coverages, more about football. I want to understand more. And that's why we started this whole podcast. And so I reached out to who I think is the best, the, the guy that teaches coaches. And I've been working with him behind the scenes, and I'm hoping to get him on in the next week or two to go over some of the best plays and worst plays the 49ers have had the past couple of years and break through some coverages and things like that. So we're going to get to some of that and kind of the transitions that I've talked about. Um, but I don't, I don't think we bring in another safety outside of what we have. Um, I, I think that's just what it is. And whenever you're like, oh, well, why do these injuries kept happening? This is Kyle's fault, and they need to change. Guess what? They did change. Kyle cut... The start of OTAs in half. He gave them double padded helmets to stop from concussions. He it literally cut the practice in half and kept everybody going at half pace the whole time to slowly ease in. If these are hamstrings and quads and hip flexors and strained calves, that's why I got a strained calf right now. Why? Because I'm fat and overweight. Like, that's my fault. <laughs> like, my fat self tried to get up there and run more than I should have. And guess what? Yep, popped a freaking calf. That's what it is. So now I'm limping my fat self around. That's my fault because I'm out of shape. ACLs, Achilles, meniscus, that's not a conditioning issue. It's, it's not. Uh, they have a grass field that they practice on in Santa Clara. So that's not the issue. It's not the turf. It's not week two. We're not in MetLife. And so, I mean, I feel like I'm, like, extinguishing fires right now. Like, the 49ers hired me, but I've been on teams where it's just sometimes everybody gets hurt, and I've been on teams where, man, you can make it through the whole season and nobody's gotten injured. Like, like it's it's weird the way that it works. Um, and, hey, I, this might be the, the only time I ever agree with Don Burr, uh, who is the resident troll of 49ers Rush. Shout out to Don Burr. He says, when the Lions, oh, they're not going to beat us. He says, you're going to have to blame the strength and conditioning coach. And they might have a better strength and conditioning coach. I might give you that. Uh, but that's all I give you, Don. Play nice, my friend. Uh, I believe in trolls. I think that they have a place in this world. But uh, don't ruin it for other people. All right. And the Lions, oh, my gosh. They're the worst team. Second or worst team outside the Texans. Uh, but anyway. Now, let's transition a little bit before we get to our you know, prize possession, which I'm so excited about today's episode, Diamador Lenore. Tony Jefferson gets brought in. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks? You can turn $10 into 1000 
with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason action. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on Prize Picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You know, like here, here's the thing. Tony Jefferson is a 29-year-old safety. We got three now. Jimmy Ward, Chikwaski Tart. <laughs> now Tony Jefferson, Kwan Williams, twenty nine, Jason Verrett, twenty nine. We just got a bunch of twenty nine year olds out there. Like we, good thing we drafted you know two corners and a safety to kind of <laughs> help and bring all that you know the youth down, the the age down, and all those things. Um, but man, you bring in Tony Jefferson, twenty nine years old. He had an ACL tear in October in twenty nineteen, so he's a year and a half removed. So he should be good to go. Now, here's the thing. For all those people that are like, oh, Tony Jefferson's our savior and all that stuff. I saw some of that on Twitter. Everybody usually overreacts a little bit. This guy ran a 4.75 out of college. <laughs> like, he is not fast. He is an instinctual safety player with great ball skills. That's just what he is. Uh, undrafted free agent out of OU and just, man, special teams worked his way on the field and just a hell of a player. Uh, 5'11", 213, four career interceptions, 22 pass defense, eight forced fumbles. I mean, he was with Arizona for four years, then he went to Baltimore for four years. Just a tackling machine. Um, you know, you look at how many starts he has. Started 31 games for the Cards, 35 for the Ravens. So he is already the most experienced player we have in our entire secondary. So you like that from that aspect. Do I think that he's going to push for a starting job? I do not. But... It does bring more veteran presence, which is huge. Could be a special teams, whatever, um, which I think is very important. This is the first time I've ever seen Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch put an emphasis on the special teams units outside of kicker and punter. So excited for that. Tackling machine, I think that's kind of what he brings. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's kind of, I don't know, if somebody goes down in game, you could put him in. He'd be a Band-Aid the game of. If it's an important position, you know, like close game in the fourth quarter and the safety goes down, I'd be fine putting him in. I don't think he's the answer they want long-term if somebody goes down, if that makes sense. But you, you got to give them to the veteran experience. Anybody that started 66 games in the NFL is a freaking stud. And Tony Jefferson's that. Um, so well, what's that look like? I don't know. Um, 
but he's got to be a guy. Do I think he'll make the roster? Probably not. I, I think very similar to Jonathan Cypriot. You remember last year he came in and was like, man, I ain't going to no practice squad. I either make the roster or I'm out. Well, he didn't make the roster, and he's like, I'll go to practice squad. Like, <laughs> like this is a post-draft sign, like signing, and that needs to be held. Like, that's the idea that you need to keep there because this guy's not Superman. He's not coming in to save the day. Uh, this is an extra body, camp body, that can bring a little extra. That's the whole the whole goal here. Now, uh, before we jump into Diamador Lenore, uh, do want to remind you this is the last opportunity that you can uh, win this Alden Smith autographed jersey, um, which is free. Compliments of one of the best Patreons ever. I want to keep his name anonymous. Really do appreciate this. Um, here's what you got to do. One of two things. Very, very simple. One, follow us on Instagram. Most of you guys already are. Appreciate that. Just follow us. That's it. 49ers Rush uh, podcast. Type that in on Instagram. Hit that follow button. You're entered in. If you're one of those people that's just like, I hate social media. I'm not touching Instagram. No way, Jose. That's cool. I respect that. Just go give us a five-star review on um, Apple Podcasts. Just type in 49ers Rush Podcast, iTunes, enter, go in there, leave a review, and make sure you leave your email address or Twitter handle so I can reach out to you and make sure that you get that. That is there. Uh, we're just giving away stuff. This is a second jersey giveaway this month. Uh, pretty excited about that one. So that is there. Also, do want to remind you, we have brought extra. People wanted more. They wanted more content. Why not? Let's do some more content. Uh, we're doing an extra episode about every other week. Uh, we'll see how that goes and ramp it up. That's going to be on Patreon, patreon.com. So, uh, again, we're sticking with our two episodes a week. Um, nobody's losing any content whatsoever, but to increase it up to three episodes a week, we're going to be sharing that with our Patreon members. So if you want to join us there, patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast, join that Frank Gore uh, or Jerry Rice tier, and you get that extra content. That's going to be coming out this weekend, so look for that over there. All right, let's get to this. Let's get to the main man of today, the positive. Injuries suck. We get it. There's nothing we can do about it. So my question is, who is Demo? <laughs> Diamador Lenore, one of the coolest names in the history of mankind. He's even got an awesome nickname, which we're going to get to. Who is he? What are the things that set him apart? What are the weaknesses in his game? What does he bring to the 49ers? Where should he fit in? We're going to cover all that. But here's the thing that you got to get. And again, whenever I'm watching film, okay, and I go in, and again, you can see the full kind of, uh, unextended or unextended i don't think that's a word um uncut <laughs> breakdown that's over 40 minutes of him on patreon uh, so like again if you that's there you can watch it and get all of that i'm going to give you some clips today the very first play i turned this guy on the very first play he let you know exactly who he is so here's demo and watch the impact the physicality that he brings first play of the game Common. He's a 5'10", 199 corner that is just physical. This is the first play. <laughs> this is the first play against Washington State. And if you want to know what this guy brings, he's a tone setter. And the very first play of the game, what's he do? He throws the damn wide receiver out of the club. <laughs> he throws him out. Like, it's not even, oh, let, let's just be physical at the line of scrimmage. No, 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 no. He is going to take this guy. And chunk him out the club. 5'10, 199. He's not a big dude. 
but the physicality he brings, I mean, just literally 10 yards out of bounds. He does not care. And you can jump to, again, You can, he's way over here. <clears throat> I'm going to show you where you will be playing this game way off to the side. Um, and he's still shoving, talking to him the whole way back. That's who he is. Now, he played the boundary corner role for Oregon for three years. And here's what's awesome. Like, Ambry Thomas did the same thing. A lot of corners do this. A lot of wide receivers do this. It, like, it's a tone-setting play. If, every, if football's physical, okay, it's all about talent and Jimmy and Joes and who's faster and bigger and all. Those things matter. But there is something that is up here, and especially in the secondary, and especially with corners, where it's a mindset. I own you. I own you. I'm smaller than you. I'm going to freaking throw you out of bounds and let you know from the start. This is going to be a battle day one. That mentality you can't teach. And, you know, you can, I, I've been, you know, I've, I've coached secondary. And you could try to get those, those kids to get mean because, again, these are smaller, quicker guys that were moved out of the box, away from the field, and they're used to seven on seven. Okay, that's cool. Now, when you put a seven on seven player, you put them in pads, you put them in the big boy game. How do they respond? Some people, uh, Akella Witherspoon, for example, one of the least physical players that's ever played the position. Man, he struggled. He got a concussion his first year by diving to tackle, missed, and put his head straight into the game, into the ground. I, I still remember to this day. I, I, it was sad that he got hurt, but it was just like, oh my gosh. You look at the corners and the safeties that the 49ers drafted this year, physicality was at the top of the list. And so physical Ball skills, that's what he is. And listen to his nickname. It's the Hyena. You want to talk nasty? Dude, his nickname is the Hyena. Those are dirty, scoundrel animals. And listen to him talk about how he got it. Oh, well, it started in high school. You know, uh, everybody wanted to be a lion. So, you know, I just wanted to be different and just chose a different animal. So I chose the Hyena just because they kind of sneaky quick. No, and I, that's how I picture myself as on the field. Yeah, he's, he's quiet and kind of reserved a little bit. This is the same guy that whenever he did his very first press conference with uh, the 49ers media, he wasn't at home, wasn't in a car. He was walking down the street with no shirt on. <laughs> like, <laughs> video conference call with 49ers media just like – he he's he's alpha. He is alpha. Everybody wanted to be a lion. No no no, yeah, sneaky quick, right? I wanted to be a hyena, dirty, three year starter. Uh, ball skills are great. Twenty seven pass breakups in his time and six interceptions. Now, why? What is it about him that kind of gets all these things done? One, you go back to his high school days, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. He played quarter. Back, running back, wide receiver, and DB. And he's a SoCal guy. He went to Salesian High School. So it's a Los Angeles kid that was a star on offense and defense, and it's translated to the field. There's no doubt about that. Anytime you get 27 breakups and six interceptions in three years, that's consistent production. Like in the way in which he plays the deep ball. Um, so I'm going to show you a clip from our Patreon breakdown here that just shows – why he gets his hands on so many balls. And again, John Lynch and Kyle Shettyhead, they've diverted. 
okay, in several different ways. Their draft philosophies and team building. A lot of it has to do with position evaluation. How many times do you see a 49ers defensive back get a pass interference call because they don't play the damn ball? It's it's frustrating. It drives me crazy. And, man, you watch these guys that they drafted, that's not an issue. And you'll see that in this play. Ooh. Better get there. Turn the other way. Very nice. Physical throughout the entire route. Very good. And he plays the ball, so that lets him get into the body. Uses his offhand jam to open his hips. Now you got to turn and run. This is where I, this is, I love this. Know where you got to go. Gets his hands on the receiver again. Uses his body. Look at him turn around playing the ball. <clears throat> it's almost like a basketball screen where you're just using your body to push him to the sidelines. Just making the catch so much more difficult because you got him beat with position. You know, if he stay, if he doesn't turn around and look at this ball, that's going to be a penalty. But because he's fending it, even if he catches it, look at this. This wide receiver's in the end zone. The ball's over here. He was in the end zone here, fending his body. Like to see that. That is very, very good coverage right here. Off the double move, nice stem route at the line of scrimmage by the wide receiver. But the physicality of Lenore kind of negates that. And you can see, look at him turn. Look at this. Contact, you know, being initiated by both of them. But he's turning his head and playing this ball. That's not going to be completed. Very nice. All that ice. <laughs> you know, I, I think a couple things come back to me as you watch that clip. One, that would never be called pass interference. So if you, if you, you didn't get to see the clip, that's okay. He turned and kind of walls the wide receiver off with his body, almost like blocking him out. You keep your left hand or the off hand on his hip, which lets you know you're in phase, which means you can play the ball. And literally pushes, like, walls the wide receiver out of bounds with his backside, which is huge because nobody's going to call that pass interference. Literally, he was in phase, and in place, he had position on the wide receiver. And you see that continuously. Now, there were a couple plays that I, I, I found where he did get beat deep. Uh, you go back to the play, um, go back two years, right? You go back to 2019 when he was uh, against Brendan Ayuk. He got toasted for a huge touchdown. Um, and those things do happen. This is a fifth-round cornerback. This, this is not a day one guy. It's not a day two guy. This is a middle day three guy. And so there, there are some issues there. But again, let's go back to the injuries where we started this episode. Everybody's like, man, what are we going to do about these injuries? Well, guess what? You drafted a guy right here, 34 straight starts. 34 straight starts. 1,200 snaps in coverage during that time. 553 press corner snaps. Now, he's out there, and he's very, very durable. Now, one of the issues, and again, this kind of fits with what the 49ers have done, he does give up a very high catch rate, Okay, 51% over his three years as a starter. Um, and the big reason why is a lot of this is, and we'll hear a little bit more from Demo himself, Oregon and the 49ers philosophy is very, very simple, very, very similar to each other. Uh, don't get beat deep. That's what it is. You allow those quick, think about when we play against the Cardinals, right? And DeAndre Hopkins gets that quick little out route for three to four yards, gets like three yards after the catch and then goes down. You give that up. And for, you know, Demo he does watch a lot of stuff in front of him. And that's one thing, a little bit more aggressive on this underneath stuff. But he wasn't the only corner for Oregon to do that. It was taught that way. 
But th again, whenever I was doing my notes on him, I just kept saying, man, watch is too much in front. Um, it, it kind of comfortable with giving up that quick out. So he, here's one of those clips. All right, so again, he switches side, boundary guy. Um, and that's not necessarily an insult. Sometimes you'll put your best ball skill corner there because you have a higher chance of interceptions. Just an easy pass off. But watch his break at the top of this route. And this is something that I highlighted a lot in my notes. He watches a lot of wide receivers catch the ball in front of him. Um, you know, it's great that he's not getting beat deep, but on option routes like this where the quarterback and the wide receiver, hey, he's not letting me deep, just come back. And, you know, the separation that's there, this happens a lot. You know, overshot it to the, the inside, which you do not see very often. And so that's what, again, whenever you're analyzing a prospect, you're trying to look for, okay, where is this person going to be successful? Where are they going to have issues? And then once you diagnose those things, it's able to, then you can correct them. But if you don't know what they're bad at, you don't really get it corrected. One is, he's not super aggressive on underneath stuff. Um, and again, was he taught that? Whatever else. That's one of the things he's going to have to fix. He's going to have to. Now, real quick, um, you know, 49ers just released this. And I want to, I want to put this out there because... You know, I, I get lots of emails from you guys, and I really appreciate girl and girls and whatever. Like, it's awesome. I love getting to know everybody. But one of the most common comments I get is, ah, i kind of out of work right now, whatever else. Well, guess what? You want to work for the 49ers? You got an opportunity. The 49ers are holding a job fair Saturday for game day positions, including janitorial, housekeeping, retail, parking, concessions, security, any of those things. 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. This Saturday, okay, it's at Levi's. It's at the northeast side of the stadium, gate F. Have to be 18 and up. I just retweeted the link for that if you want to go check that out. But, hey, you need a job, go get a job. What better place to get a job than with the 49ers themselves? Um, so go check that out. Uh, obviously, they are not paying me for that. I just <laughs> wanted to put that out there because I think it's important. Uh, getting people work, uh, people having jobs, pride in what they do. One of my favorite things about being a teacher and uh, kind of encouraging that along. So go check that out. Now back to Demo. One of the things that he's best at, like if you had to ask me, okay, what are the two things that he does that separate him from other people or would put him in an elite category of these statistics or categories, right? Number one, physicality. Alpha, hyena mentality, we talked about that. Number two, he does not miss tackles. Maybe the best tackling cornerback in this entire draft class. He doesn't miss tackles. Uh, zero missed tackles on the entire 2020 year. He had 158 career tackles. Physical every play. He does not miss tackles. So the physicality transitions to his help in the run game. Screens, all those things. Here's a clip that I really enjoyed. Not only because he made the tackle, eh, 158 of those clips, but he knows where his gap integrity is supposed to be. Here we go. Um, I think slot is where he's going to be and maybe even safety because there's just some issues with this tape that I don't like. Now, what are the things that you do like? This is it right here. So physical in the run game. You know, this is a screen, I believe, but he is great. Zero missed tackles. So you just have kind of a jailbreak screen here. Notice jumps outside quick and maintains his outside leverage where he's supposed to. Turns the play inside, just throws the <laughs> blocking wide receiver to the ground, goes and gets in on the play. And you could see him. Watch him wrap up 
the dude does not miss tackles. So what is it that he does better than others? Oh, tackling. This dude does not miss tackles, which is, a, you know, that's a premium from a slot corner perspective. And we'll see him getting, he's on the left side over here, but he'll come into our screen here in a second, right above my ugly head. Um, and, I mean, that's what you get from this guy. Again, he, he's got, here we go, right here. I mean, you can see him just pouncing, just coming. He uses his arms and wraps up very, very well. 158 career tackles with his time in Eugene. He he is a staunch run supporter. And that seems to be very important with what this front office is building. Now, you know, I started that clip off talking about where he fits. And that's, again, that's something that's to be determined. Obviously, most people think Ambry Thomas will be the outside guy, and then you'll move Demo into the kind of you know nickel corner role when Kwan Williams leaves. Eh, we we don't know. Um, it, could, it could be possible these are two outside starting corners next year. He has that opportunity, and he's going to have to figure out exactly where that is. Now, here's Kyle Shanahan on that exact same question. Uh, you know, he was asked this right after they drafted him. Is he an inside or outside guy? Well, here's Kyle Shanahan. Demo, it's he's not he's not a nickel only, um, which means that he could play outside or inside. Uh, he'll come in here and try to figure that out and learn it. But he's got the skill set to where uh, he has the ability to play either one. Yeah, he, he can do it all. And so you look at the physicality: 5'10", 199, Okay, a little bit on the small side. But whenever you're looking at Manuel Mosley, Jason Ferret, he fits that to a T. Like, it's, it's not like he's that much shorter. He's like a half inch shorter than those guys. He can do it. Physicality's there. Top end speed, 44440. Um, so he's got those things. Now, again, back to the struggles category. He struggles in the red zone. Um, allowed 15 touchdowns in his career. And whenever you're first like, whoa, 15 touchdowns, that's a lot. Again, this is a three and a half year starter. Um, and. Not the best defense. They got better with his time there, and his numbers got better. You know, you, you look at kind of what he brought about. Uh, you know, he gave up three touchdowns in 2020. He gave up three touchdowns in 2019. So his first year and in spot duty his freshman year, he gave up a lot, and that kind of hurt him. But, again, whenever I'm watching his film, I could see so many positive goal line plays that just scream at me ball skills, awareness, and understanding. And this is one of the ones where it's just like, you know, he, he's not going to make this play and it's not really a touchdown against him. And again, you're not going to see this in the highlight reel. But man, it just says something about, like he gets it. It just hasn't clicked all the way. All right, third and four, money down. Press on the outside. You know, very patient. Look, he's still waiting to realize the break. He, he's just letting the wide receiver kind of decide. Stayed right on top of him. Oh, tried to get his hands back inside. Look at him pushing the wide receiver here. Pushing him, gets his hand back, tries to tip the ball. You know, he's filling the wide receiver, reading the quarterback. Okay, so, I mean, this is a tough play here. They're going to get the touchdown. It's not against Demo, but, I mean, you could just see here. Reading through the, the under key, your wide receiver looking to the quarterback. And as he transitions out, you're pushing, keeping him out of the end zone. And again, still looking at that quarterback. Man, almost got it. So there's positive things that are there. Um, and he kind of fits all those. 
Now, the physical metrics, they're not great. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you look at kind of the physical characteristics that he has or the player comps based on all measurable, okay? This is all measurable, not so much what he does on the field. His player comps are Christian Fulton, Chris Davis, Jonathan Joseph, Sheldon Brown. So you're not looking at elite characteristics, height, weight, speed, explosiveness, vertical, bench press, none of those things, arm length. He doesn't have them. He's an instinctual, physical, patient corner. One of my favorite things about him, he's great at the catch point. Um, he's going to contest for the ball. It's, it's not going to be easy. Um, and so that's one of the things that you're going to have to see. Now, is he an anticipation corner where like he's going to jump routes? Uh, not too much. He's much more of a turn-and-run type of a guy. Uh, this is one of the things that Akello was good at, um, where he's just very patient, and he can turn and run. He's not a pouncy, cat-like corner. You have some of those like real shifty guys and all that stuff. No, no, no. That, that's not what Demo brings. Ambry Thomas a little bit more shifty and much more pounce. Like, he'll jump routes and anticipate where the ball is going and try to bait the quarterback. That's Ambry Thomas. Not so much Demo. But if you want to turn and run corner, okay, that plays the deep ball in a cover three, guess what? This is where he shines. You know, I, I saw the the comment uh, from Lee. He says, if Lenore misses his jam in the NFL, he's going to be toast. He has no makeup speed. And I think that you're right, but you don't see him do a lot of jam. He'll play press, but he doesn't really jam. Um, you know, he's not – Ambry Thomas jams like crazy. Demo, he'll get up there and play press, but that's not his favorite thing. He wants to play off coverage and just be patient and turn and run with the deep route. And I think this play will kind of show what he's really, really good at and what I'm talking about here. Corner route. Didn't really oversell it too bad. You know, wasn't too much out of phase. Yeah, that was a pretty good transition foot-wise. It gets right in the pocket. This is a pretty good rep here, to be honest with you. Doesn't oversell to the inside. Very patient. Look at the patience on the end cut and doesn't oversell. It's a post-corner route. Uh, deep sluggo, some would call it, where they're selling it to the inside and the back out. Not a great route, but you love the patience, which is, is again, whenever I'm watching film, man, that turn, whenever he decides to turn, this is so good. And when you're watching film, there are, there are traits that show up and you just keep typing it. Patience was one of those. Patience at the top of the route and then turn and run. Whenever he decides to turn and run, he gets to where he's supposed to be. Uh, in phase, completely with that wide receiver there on the double move. You like to see that. So, like, you can see the places where he's going to successfully transition right away. Um, you know, he had the amazing rep... <laughs> first day of OT or rookie mini camp against um you know <laughs> goodness the undrafted free agent uh Watkins Jr. and he goes out there and just like mauls him and gets the interception like it, the physicality translates I think the speed he's a 4-4 guy that translates is he great at shiftiness no uh that that's not what he does does he give up some of the goal line and let catches happen in front of him? Yes. Is he going to get beat by a lot of double moves deep? I don't think so. I don't think that's what he brings to the table. And you can go back again to his time in Salesian High School. Again, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, DB. He was a U.S. Army All-American. His senior year, listen to this, 1,100-plus rushing yards, 17 touchdowns. This is all one year. 600 receiving yards, 7 receiving touchdowns. The dude was all world 
coming out of high school. Long jump, 19 foot, 3 inches. So he's got some explosiveness for sure. And that's not elite numbers, but it does tell you he's competitive. This is a guy that's got to compete, whether it's jumping in a sand pit, playing football. It doesn't matter. The kid has exactly what it is that you want. Um, he opted out of 2020, but he changed his mind. Because you remember, the Pac-12 was weird. And the Big Twin was weird, right? So they played fewer games. So opted out, and then once everything kind of got established, he came back in, started every game. And he's just nasty. Like, like th This is a clip that I had to put in there, and I was like, this just is the epitome and kind of mentality that you see. He's nasty. Ooh, nice. Look at that. He's out of bounds. You just took this dude out of the damn game. Oh, and I'm going to come help my buddy out. Get in there. Get in there. Get that ball. Yeah. <laughs> this is a nice rep. Look at him just run this wide receiver and throw him out of bounds. You don't play anymore, buddy. You don't get to play this play. Look at that. Two-hand jam. Stays with it. Walls him and just keeps widening. Your quarterback still got the ball, man. Gets up. Stays outside. Be patient. They go for the ball. Go for the ball. Go for the ball. He had two forced fumbles in his career. That's a good rep right there. Put him in positions where he can be successful. Let him be physical in smaller, tighter windows. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think him versus shiftier guys is going to be the best bet, but if you put him in a small window, his physicality is going to bring some problems for offenses. And you just see it so often. Um, you see <laughs> just how mean and imposing that this guy is. And, you know, I brought up earlier, they played a very similar kind of coverage scheme on the back end at Oregon. And whenever they asked, you know, Diamador Lenore as press conference, like, how is it learning the playbook and all those things? Listen to this answer. It's very refreshing. Uh, I'm, I'm the type of player that's wherever a coach needs me. So, but it's, the playbook is actually similar to what we ran at Oregon. So it's just like second nature, just different verbiage. That is awesome. <laughs> he always plays the ball. Wally, I think you're you're right on, on par there. Both the corners and the strong safety we got, uh, Wally, they play the ball. Ball skills is what this like team wants slash needs. And you can see that it's coming across. And I, I, I'm with you. And, man, I, I like this kid. I really do. And I love the fact that he doesn't have to start. We talk all the time about how draft picks are 50-50 bust. Like, how do you know who's going to make it? And half of them don't make it. Well, you've got to put them in a situation to succeed. And usually, bad teams play more rookies. Well, guess what? You can put anybody out on a certain team, and they're not going to be successful. The Detroit Lions aren't going to be successful, right? They just can't. Whenever... I would be the number four starting wide receiver on the team. You're not going to be that good. They have nobody. It's just a bad team. They got a decent old line. Okay, cool. What else do they have? Uh, nothing. They have nothing. And so whoever goes there is going to struggle because you're not surrounded for a position to be successful. Jared Goff, he's about to get exposed. Like, he was an average to an above average to a below average quarterback, however you want to, it doesn't even matter. Wait till he doesn't have McVay. Wait till he doesn't have the the supporting cast. It's going to be bad. 
And so a lot of times we always want to say, well, so-and-so was a bust. And I hate that, man. I really, really do. Sometimes they are. Ruben Foster, okay, cool, he's a bust. Solomon Thomas, okay, cool, he's a bust. But that's not always the case. Because some of these guys never get surrounded by anything decent to be able to prove what they can, they can accomplish. Well, guess what? The 49ers have created the atmosphere, the roster, the team building, all these different things. The culture that they're going to get a chance to succeed. You go back to Alex Smith. He had seven different offensive coordinators in his first seven years with the 49ers. That is stupid. <laughs> Why would you ever do that to somebody? Like, that's not how it works. And so put these people, these players, in a position to succeed. Demo, Ambry Thomas, Trey Sermon, Trey Lance, Tafonga, Elijah Mitchell. Guess what? None of them have to start this year. None of them do. One guy's got to start this year. That's Air Bates. <laughs> that dude's starting. He start day one. Uh, I think Trey Lance will start. I think Sermon will get starter reps and lead the team in carries before it's all said and done throughout this year. I think Elijah Mitchell works in for sure on third downs and is kind of that third running back whenever it's all said and done this year. I think one of the corners will get some work for sure um, as time goes on. And I think Tufunga is going to be a special teams captain. So they have roles, but it's not, all right, throw them in the deep end with the Sharks. Make it or break it. No, 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 no. Let's guide you in. Let's walk you in. Let's teach you the ropes. Let's show you where you'll be successful. And for people that are like, oh, if they're that good, they should start right away. Patrick Mahomes says hi. Lamar Jackson says hi. You can go down the line. Josh Allen says hi. Justin Herbert, he says hi. Like, it, it's not just a, hey, step in and start day one type of a system. That doesn't benefit everybody. It doesn't do that. Um, anyway, I, I kind of went on a little rant there. That felt good. That felt good. Uh, anyway, man, $40 first takes. Wants to say uh, just thank you for the gift, sir. What's up, my man? Keep doing your thing. One of the best in the business. Man, really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, $40 first takes, man. Go check them out. Uh, very, very good show. So if you haven't yet, go check that out. Now, I do want to say before we jump off here, this was fun. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this. Um, 49ers Rush Road Trip, baby. If you haven't got your tickets yet, I know some of the ticket sales are still trickling in, and that's awesome. Um, go over there. Buy your tickets. Man, our guest list is building Oh, we're going to be having a good time. Eric Crocker coming out to a couple of events. Uh, Jason Aponte coming out to a couple of events. We got Wayne Breezy coming out. We got Peachy coming out. We are building literally one of the best 49ers experiences. And I got to say this. I'm just going to throw this out there. I have been, I've been given permission um, to put this out there that uh, the 49ers, the actual 49ers, are working on coming to a few of these cities, and we are working hand-in-hand hand to put some of that together. So uh, we, we're, we're on to great things here at the 49ers Rush Podcast, and it's all because of you guys. So thank you so much for your continued support. Um, and again, if you want that bonus episode that's going to be coming out this weekend, go to Patreon. And again, here's still, guys. You go over to patreon.com, 49ers Rush Podcast. Try it out. You don't like it? 100% money back guaranteed, no questions asked. So again, if you're one of those people that's on the fence and you're just like, man, I really would like another episode, but yeah, I'm not really that guy that wants to subscribe to these things. Hey, go check it out. You've got 300 plus hours of video breakdowns if you want them. 
Get the extra bonus episodes, all those things. And if for some reason you're just like, hey, John, man, this really isn't my thing, that's all you got to say. Hey, not really my thing. Cool. What's your PayPal? What's your whatever? Here's your money back. Refunded. Guaranteed. I want to build a better community. Um, in order for me to do that, I, I've got to treat this like a full-time job. And the support and the financial support that we get over there allows me to do things like throw these huge parties you know, on the road allows me to go live more often than I'm supposed to with my lady friend. Uh, she's the absolute best. It's our 15 year anniversary, uh, this week, Thursday, 15 years been married to Miss Chapman. Uh, but hopefully she will allow me to continue to be married to her. Uh, but anyway, you guys are the absolute best. Hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. Man, this was fun. And we're just going to keep bringing out more content. So you guys are the absolute best and man, Protect yourself, <laughs> or in the words, you got to protect that neck. <laughs> protect your neck. Um, anyway, sorry, Wu-Tang, what's up? Um, as always, be amazing. Thank you, Don. Appreciate the gift, man. And no, nobody's getting tapped but Jared Goff, baby. Um, and as always, stay strong, faithful. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.